Hi, this is Jeff Patrick with World's Greatest Comics in Westerville, Ohio, and you're listening to the Heroes Home-Based Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Rob. This is Mark. Hey, this is Rich. Welcome into episode 54. Man. So it is now February, right? February. It is, it's February 6th today. Our first anyway. recording of February. Uh, lots been going on. Uh, how are you guys been? Great. I um, I think I keep saying this every time, but I, I, I get the itch and then I try to call, make calls and find whatever I can. But I said I'm not buying any more comics until the next con that I go to. Bullshit. But I ended up calling <laughs> Dap Comics because they just got in two Iron Fist comics from when the 15 issue run that Chris and John did. Yeah. And so I had them mail it to me and I got it in like the next day. Hell so yeah. I was so happy because, you know, this weekend was such crappy weather and I stayed in yesterday and I read both comics and I was happy about that. But now I think I, I think and you'll hear me say this. I think I've called every comic book store in the tri-state area and they are not they don't have any of the issues that I need because the issues that I need are such prime. Yeah. Real estate as far as, you know, like key issues, key issues, key, issue, key artists, key writers, you know. Yeah. So yep. I think I'm going to have to find my the my issues. I'm going to have to find my con. So I won't be buying any more comics until my next con. I I'll have to say that uh, I'm in the same boat, and I know I've talked nonstop Swamp Thing since forever. But ever since uh, Kim got me Show Quitter, got me the badass Christmas gifts, I've been like like every week I'll order two. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like and they're not like crazy expensive and they're they're only like five bucks so after shipping i i usually pay like ten dollars i mean i don't like to you know go online and buy them i'd like to go to the stores and stuff yeah. but um there's the the next key that i have is like 36 which is the first constantine which kim already got me so most of them i've been able to fill in a lot of my gaps and uh i got some really cool I got a, a an annual, and I got issue fifty, I think, last week, and then I got a couple more coming. So I, I I'm, you know, it. <clears throat> on that note, I will say that I feel like, you know, I I will continue this. This episode is going to be a little bit different, but I'll continue to do my poll. But I, I feel so much like Mark these days because, like, I'm falling in love with the medium so much with older '80s books that. It's just the the new modern stuff that I'm reading is just not the, the juxtaposition same. is hard to accept. It is, and I just feel like I've I've watched a lot of, of videos and listened to a lot of podcasts lately, and I just I just don't dig the current state of comics right now. Like I the the stuff that I am liking is the independent stuff, and very little of it is uh, the big the big publishers. I mean, and I only have a few title. I mean, I only collect one title for Marvel and I still like it, but it's getting ready to change. And I just feel like DC in general, I, I just feel like it's just fallen off the map. If it's not a Batman book, then it's it's nothing like Superman for me right now is I've said it on the last two episodes. It's just a struggle for me to even pick it up and read it, which is bullshit because he's my guy. And I really hate that. 
but it's like you know how you get your stack and you you, you figure out what you're going to read first like superman goes to the bottom of the pile every time and that's upsetting to me and i just feel like dc just needs to get their shit together because like they're they're pricing themselves out of the market their comics are too expensive and the quality is is not there like the artwork is okay but it's just like i don't know man I'm, i don't want to have a, a comic book podcast and like current comics are just not there for me right now mm-hmm. um and i will say that there are some that are there that i really do enjoy reading it's just like if i'm not enjoy reading superman like there's something wrong with that so i might be you know i just find it funny that i'm I'm on the Mark train right now with, I got to go back to get my fix and read an older book that came out when I wasn't even one years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so. I think for me, cause rich, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm just in a different state. Like you kind of give me some stuff to read. Um, I have gone back to a lot of some of the golden age stuff. Like I've looked through some of the Batman um, archive editions. Yeah. Um, so we're talking the original stuff from the thirties and the forties. Um, that you feel like your kids could draw better than? <laughs> I mean, there's some of that, but I guess it's more of like the, uh, just the respect for, yeah, for what was, who those people were at that time. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm the stuff that you have pointed my way. It, it is a little bit more independent stuff, which has been worth the read. I think I might just jump back into some of the more lock and key stuff yeah. just to kind of, just to kind of keep things interesting. Well, for this episode, we got a very special guest, uh, an old friend of mine who runs a really great comic store. I'm so happy. You mean home based communications is back. It's back. (laughs) 2022 edition. And so we got an awesome comic book store owner, Jeff Patrick, owner of world's greatest comics in Westerville, Ohio. We got him for an interview. So sit back, relax and listen to a great interview. Jeff Patrick. Hello. Hello. Hi, How Jeff. You? How are you? Hello, sir. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Excellent. Mark knows you very well. Both Rob and I have been in your store quite a few times. Um, this has kind of been a long time coming. We've talked to, with the three of us about talking to you because um, we like to get local comic guys. But um, you got any questions? You relaxed? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, sweet. Well, first, I'd just like to share how is it that how is it that I know Jeff. Years ago, yeah. there was a comic book store that I've mentioned here on the podcast in Columbus, Ohio, called Comic Connection. And as a middle schooler and high schooler, I would go in there every day on my way home from school. And the owner at the time, Mark Gagan, he I would go in there every single day. And I would just go through comics and go through comics. And he finally was like, why don't you put some bags and boards together for me? And afterwards, pick yourself out some comics. And I said, okay, well, I did that every single day for about four years. And that became my job. And I think I was too young for them to pay me actual money. So Mark would just pay me in comics. And that's where my, (laughs) that's that's right. That's where my collection began. And Jeff worked there part time. Um, at the time, I think you were working at the downtown library. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I was working uh, well, not at the downtown. Well, let's see. Uh, I, I worked in the technical services department, I think, uh, at the time. Yeah, it was located downtown at the time. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's and, been a couple of different places around the city. Okay. And so, so Jeff worked there part time and that's how I knew him. Well, years went on and I went to high school and college and I lived outside the country and I now live here in New York and I went back home and I saw a comic book store in where near where I used to live called World's Greatest. And I walked in and there was Jeff. 
and there was Jeff. And there was there was Mark. I, 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 I don't think I recognize you right away because you're all grown up now. That's right. You're, you're, yeah, you're, uh, you're bar barely out of short pants. Exactly. And so we just started talking, yeah. and he it turned out he is the owner of the very successful World's Greatest Comics that every time I'm in town, I always make sure to go back and stop in and raid what he has. And I was there over Christmas and um, went through all your back issues in the store. Such has such a healthy selection of back issues. And I got all your, I'm on a John Byrne kick right now. I think I told you yeah. the other day when yeah. I called you and John Byrne did a nine issue part in Captain America. And so I was looking yeah. for two particular issues, but he didn't have it. But I am, um, so that's how Jeff and I know each other. And so with every interview, we like to get started with our guests. We like to find out when did you first fall in love with comics? Oh, this has been a lifelong thing for me. Um, yes. <laughs> I think as, as far back as uh, I was about three years old, I believe, when uh, my, my mom and my sister bought my first comics for me. Uh, and that was, well, I was three years old back in 1965. So that's uh, that's been a while. So, I'll, yeah, I started out when I was three. Uh, I actually started keeping my comics when I was about 10. Okay. And... Uh, yeah, then I, I started uh, buying and selling as a side business back in 1985, and uh, then back in uh, 2011, I gave into my midlife crisis and uh, <laughs> opened up the brick-and-mortar store. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, three, what were some of your favorite characters when you were first getting into this? Oh, uh, well, I especially gravitated to the team books. Not really any, I guess, specific characters were, would be, uh, you know, Captain America, Superman. Always, uh, always loved the Justice League of America, especially when uh, they would have the annual crossover with the Justice Society of America. I, I right. just really love those Golden Age characters because, uh, you know, they, they were right right there at the beginning of this. But, uh, also, uh, and, you know, like the, pretty much uh, I, I read a lot of books that uh, were, were team-up books or, you know, like because I felt like I got, you know, more heroes for my money. Yeah, right, uh, right, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. Captain America and the Falcon, uh, Marvel Team-Up, Marvel 2-in-1, Justice League of America, Brave and the Bold, World's Finest Comics. Always liked uh, always liked Robin. I was never much of a Batman fan, but Robin, <laughs> I, I re really, really dug Robin. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Robin, Nightwing, yeah. Can you say a little bit more about who maybe some of your favorite writers have been over the years? Uh, Kurt Busiek, Mark Wade, Stan Lee, you know, if uh, he... Uh, I guess was more responsible for. I guess depending on who who you uh, listen to, he was more responsible for dialogue rather than actual writing. Right. Because uh, you know, with the Marvel method, you know, you would write out a plot, give it to the artist, and then uh, the artist would draw the pages, and he would go back in and do the dialogue. So Steve Englehart, Englehart did uh, Avengers, then Justice League of America. Wrote Justice League of America very much in the same style as uh, the Avengers. Uh, that he just came off of back in the 70s. Mm. Um, as far as newer stuff, uh, I I like a lot of the uh, stuff uh, from uh, Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky, yeah. uh, he did a, a run of uh, Marvel 2-in-1 uh, a couple of, that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, he uh, also did, it was a digital first, and then uh, it was a seven-issue limited series, Justice League Last Ride. was yeah. really good. Really good. I talked about that one on the show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that was uh, it was for for me it was uh, uh, a nice throwback to like those mid two thousands Justice League of America books. 
Yeah. Um, Rich has been hounding me to finish that. I'm only a couple issues in, but. Oh, you, you got to finish it. You got to finish it. Uh, one, one book I'm enjoying right now is uh, a, a DC book called One Star Squadron. Mm. Uh, the, I think they are three issues into it now. Uh, I think Mark Russell is writing that. Basically, all these Z-list superheroes are for hire. Mm. And uh, all the office politics that goes into it. It's, it's very, very entertaining. Very entertaining. <laughs> uh, but th- there's other uh, you know, other things I've, I've read from uh, like Aftershock Comics. Kaiju Score. Uh, good friend of mine, James Patrick. No relation. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. James Patrick is a pen name. I'm telling a little bit of a secret there, but I'm not going to tell his real name. <laughs> but uh, uh, Kaiju Score. Uh, I, I was read uh, different things that James has written over the years. He's written uh, things for DC Comics, IDW. Uh, but uh, Kaiju Score just came out. That's been optioned for a motion picture by Sony. So nice. I'm very, very happy for him that uh, that came about for him. Uh, also, Aftershock, they had a really great one shot that came out recently called uh, God of Tremors. Uh, they've been doing the these books in uh, oversized magazine size format. Uh, and uh, God of Tremors, gosh, I can't think of the name of the, of the uh, writer. I think he wrote Hellblazer at one point. But uh, yeah, God of Tremors, it uh, takes place in, I think, I think like mid 1800s with about this boy who suffers from uh, seizures, epilepsy. And of course, you know, that time uh, being uh, where there's still uh, a lot of uh, superstitions going around. The boy's father believes he's uh, possessed by demons and just beats the living crap out of him. And uh, so the boy goes into the woods to pray to the God of Tremors and the God of Tremors helps him out. <laughs> so that's all I'll say about it. It's a really good story. Uh, so yeah, seek it out. It, it's a, it's a really nice one one and done story. One shot. Cool. cool. Yeah. So I was thinking. I was. I, I don't know if you wanted to continue, but I had mentioned earlier that, and I've mentioned throughout this podcast, and it goes back and forth for me. But right now, I told you I'm on a huge John Byrne kick. Right, Chris Claremont. Also, you said yes, I am. Those two, you know, that combination, you just cannot go wrong. And so, not only did they, and the thing about it is, is that not only were they people primarily when they hear that combination think of the X-Men, but what people, some people may not know, is they did a 15-issue run on Iron Fist, and then they they did some Marvel Mm team-ups. And right now, I'm digging like. For gold, I think I've ransacked all the comic book stores in in the tri-state area. I've gone to Jersey, all the stores I know in Jersey and here in New York. And I'm looking for those Captain America run where he did that nine issue stint he did. And so who are some of your favorite artists? Oh, uh, well, Jack Kirby. Uh, I've always loved Jack Kirby stuff. Uh, Jack the King Kirby. Yeah, one of my, one of my early, earliest uh, comic book memories was uh, uh, is of owning an issue of Fantastic Four and the the way you know Jack Kirby's art style. He he as a little kid, I was scared as hell of Doctor Doom, uh. <laughs> living crap out of me. Um, but uh, yeah, Kirby, uh, George Perez, yes. uh, yeah. I mean, I I I I was so glad that. Uh, Back, uh, gosh, it's been almost 20 years now that he finally got to do the uh, Justice League Avengers crossover. Yes. Yeah, it came out yes. in 2003. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, God, that was 20 years ago next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> and it still holds up. I have it sitting yeah. right yeah. here. 
Yeah. Does. Anything he did holds yeah. up, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. There you go. Oh, you, you've got you got the actual trade paperback. Yeah. 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 I've, I've got I, I I lucked into a copy of uh, the slipcase edition that also had the compendium with all the, the notes and the existing original art pages for the one that they were supposed to do back in the 80s before. Wow. Fell apart. Nice. With Marvel. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a it's a great read that that book is going to be buried with me. <laughs> um, yeah. um who else um jim steranko um oh gosh let's see who else uh some of the old golden age stuff uh bernard bailey did the specter jack brunley did uh starman mike diodato okay uh and you know i, I see yeah mark's uh display on his wall back there uh yeah, yeah john john basima uh, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh gosh. There, and what I've been noticing also with artists is that I'll get their early stuff, but man, mm. they just get better with time. Well, oh, yeah. I, I, uh, a, a lot of them do. Some, some of them, I, I think, uh, you know, sad, sad to say, that you know, their their age does catch up with them. But, uh, <laughs> but, that, but George Perez. I mean, uh, going back to George Perez, I, I know back in the 1980s, he was just so devastated that that justice league of america avengers book never came about but i think that was really fortuitous thing because when he finally did get the chance to do it i mean his art just he's one of those people whose art just improved as older and you know i I look at uh his his, uh, present day stuff versus the stuff early in his career and he just got so much better so it, it was, uh, I, I think uh, it was, it, it, it ultimately worked, worked out for the best, I think. Yeah. His uncanny, we talked about this when the news came out, what, on the last couple episodes, his hair for like Scarlet Witch and Wonder Woman is so iconic. I'm like, how the hell did he draw all those little yeah. curls, all that? Like, I'm like, that's George. Like well, that yeah. to me is like hair is the thing that stands out to me. And that's the thing. He is so much into detail. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, there, there actually was a uh, when uh, the JLA Avengers came out. Uh, there was actually a delay between issues because his carpal tunnel flared up mm. from uh, from drawing uh, that. I, I, if I'm re- remembering this correctly, just from drawing that cover to issue number three, that wraparound cover with that had every single character who had ever been an Avenger or a member of the JLA up to that point. I mean, there's just. Everybody is there. He's always doing crazy stuff. He's like that always way. doing crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, um, I'm sure that's going to be up there. So let's take it to your favorite story arcs. Is that one of them? And do you have any more? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's one of them. Um, there was also uh, Great Darkness Saga, Legion of Superheroes, back in uh, the mid-'80s. Uh, mm. Paul Levitz, Keith Geffen. Uh, that was a tremendous story. Kurt Busiek's run on Avengers back in the mid-'90s. Uh, There's Marks. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, the, the uh, Chip Zdarsky run on uh, the Marvel 2-in-1 book he did a couple of years ago with uh, The Thing and the Human Torch. Let's see. Robert Kirkman. And uh, he actually, when, when he was doing stuff for Marvel, he wrote, uh, uh, was a 24-issue run of uh, Marvel Team-Up. Mm-hmm. Was, it was a really good read. Uh, Kirkman, uh, you know, he, he's, he's best known for, for Walking Dead, but uh, just mm-hmm. a lot of his other stuff just doesn't seem to get the recognition 
that yeah. Walking Dead did. I mean, that yeah, that's where he made his that's where he made his bank. But uh, I mean, he is he's got a lot of great stuff out there. Is his firepower book still doing pretty good? Uh, it's sales wise, it's it's uh, I mean, it's still hanging in there. Uh, it seems uh, we sell a few copies of it a month, but uh, yeah, I I, I think. Uh, you know, you know, Walking Dead is probably uh, he, he's gonna he's gonna be living off of Walking Dead money for a, a long time. Oh yeah, so, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and uh, he, but uh, he, he's um, yeah, he, he's out there still still putting out new stuff. I think he, he's got another new book uh, that's coming up. Um, I think uh, there's going to be a preview uh, for Free Comic Book Day. Okay. Uh, the title of which escapes me. I, I want to say it's called Clementine. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd have to have to look that up and see. But uh, yeah, he's 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 got some good stuff. Uh, other story arcs. Again, the run that Steve Englehart did on uh, Justice League of America back in the seventies. Uh, well, pretty much any of the uh, Justice League Justice Society crossovers. You know, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of of those. It actually came up in a uh, one of those came up in one of the Facebook forums the other day where they reintroduced the Seven Soldiers of Victory back in uh, issue number 100 of Justice League of America. So that was, I mean, it was just always very fascinating as for for me as a kid to see all the you know all these you know, these characters that were new to me, right? You know, had been around, you know, had been around like at that time 30 years before so let's shift over to since this is a lifelong pursuit let's uh what are some of your all-time favorite comic cons that you have uh, been able to attend uh well mid ohio con yes uh, first big con that i went to and uh roger price founder uh you know i i'm I'm friends with him on facebook and uh he's he's uh by profession he's a uh a voice actor uh, does you know a lot of commercial voiceovers, but uh, he you know ran Mid Ohio Con and for many years, uh, and uh, I I went to it every year that I could. It was always around Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, it was all uh, initially. No, it was actually when he first started it. I think it was in early November. It was always at uh, the uh, Richland County Fairgrounds up in Mansfield. Okay. And uh, it actually moved around a couple of times before it finally settled in Columbus. Uh, I remember one year that was in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, back in, I think, 90, was it 1990? I think, I think it might have been 1990. Yeah. Um, that uh, it was actually in Cleveland that year, which, you know, a little, little far off the mark for mid Ohio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, fi- finally set- settled in Columbus. But that was always a favorite to go to, and just mainly because it was local. I uh, also enjoyed uh, going to uh, the Baltimore Comic Con. A lot of these I-, I would set up as a vendor, so I didn't really get to uh, go around to them too much. The old Pittsburgh Comic Con, but uh, yeah, I've been, been to a-, a couple of other bigger cons where it, it-, it was yeah, just not as pleasant as an, as an experience, but. Uh, uh, as, as far as a larger con, Baltimore was uh, was a really good con to go to. Nice. Are there any bucket list cons that you have always wanted to go to but haven't? Uh, Heroes Con. They always had that on Father's Day, and so you know, uh, my, my <laughs> uh, it's a, and down in um, Charlotte. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Heroes Con down in Charlotte. I've uh, always wanted to go to that one. It was always on Father's Day, and of course, uh, you know, I had to spend Father's Day with Dad. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, well, well, my my dad passed away uh, uh, a few years ago, and uh, so I, I thought about going going down there, but then you know, COVID happened, and uh, yeah, you know, just shot the crap out of everything. Yeah, so 
So every year, the guys, Rich and Rob, they come to New York. They come to stay with me, and we go to the NYCC. We go to New York Con every year, mm-hmm. and that you know we that is just like our favorite weekend of the whole year. There's really just nothing like New York Con. And yeah. so this year, I have been on a. I've been traveling a lot for cons just so I can report about it here on the show. Right. And I went in December. I went to the Seattle Emerald City Comic Con. Okay. And that's, that's, that's like the largest in the Northwest area. So that, yeah. that was a large con. That was great. Um, New York Con is awesome here. But also, I and I follow them on Instagram because I'm going to go this year to the Baltimore Comic Con. And what Richard, Rob and I have been saying that over the past couple of years, New York Con, it's getting harder and harder to find book vendors. It's always yep. merchandise and art and all kinds of things. But what I was reading was that Baltimore Comic Con is a heavy, heavy book vendor con. It is. It is. That's um, what I heard. That's why I'm so excited to go this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think uh, you're, you'll, you'll find a little gold mine there. Uh, Mark Ooh. Nathan, the promoter. Uh, he, um, I think, I think in the last few years, yeah, he's he started bringing in a few celebrity guests, but uh, he still keeps it very much comic focused. Yes. Which is uh, really nice to see because uh, you know the San Diego Comic Con, and and I, I think a lot of a lot of places that or a lot of those conventions like that, Comic-Con is very much a misnomer anymore because uh, San Diego has gone far and away from what it originally started at. Yep. I remember seeing an article online a few years ago, the top 10 panels you should attend at Comic-Con. And, and not a single one of those panels had anything at all to do with comics. I believe it. Yeah. And uh, and also might have been uh, about a year later, I read about tragically, uh, there was a woman who was killed rushing across the street to get to Hall H because she was running late for the Twilight panel. God. Yeah. There's and, a way uh, to go out. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah she, was, she was hit by a car. Uh, so, you know, that, that aside, you know, the, the, a lot of these big conventions call themselves comic con and it's com and comics are pop culture con. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, uh, my, my manager at the store, Keith, uh, he, uh, he's, you know, we've, we've talked about these big cons like that. And yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, it's like, and that, that was a, a, a sad thing for me when Mid Ohio con, when Roger sold Mid Ohio con to a couple of guys, they had it for a couple of years and then they sold it to wizard and yeah. the, the wizard cons, uh, you know, and, and cons like that. It's what uh, one description I heard from somebody was it's like hot topic vomited all over the place <laughs> because of all, all that, you know, it's like, you, 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 oh, that's a good description. You, you, that's you, very good. Yeah, you could close your eyes, swing your arms, and hit a Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, not not to mention, you know, they they get desperate to fill space. So you've got uh, you know insurance companies and gutter salesmen and uh, you know, car taking, companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insurance companies taking up the 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 booth space that because you know they, they can't fill the booth space you know jeff it's interesting we had a uh, matthew clickstein on several times he was the director of the comic con begins podcast um what was that rich like six episodes or something like that yeah and uh he's getting ready to put it into he wrote uh he wrote the aftershock book uh you are obsolete and, okay uh, that's how we met him and uh he lives in dayton now but yeah he was really involved with trying to create the oral history of how san diego con started 
<laughs> and it, it was fascinating. It, it was fascinating that it was it was definitely a diverse like he's like, you know, there was Hollywood there. There was pop culture there. It really wasn't just comics. But I almost think like that's not even true anymore. Like it's it's no, almost it's, it's, shifting to just purely. It's probably like if I have to give a percentage and I'm just using New York as a frame of reference, since that's really the only one I've been to in the last 20 years. It's probably like 30 percent comics at this point. Like that's mm -hmm. the best I would give it. Uh, I would I would say that's uh, a very optimistic estimation. Yeah. Uh, Hot topic from, it, from everything I've heard. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's like yeah. Well, know. it's it's Hot Topic and GameStop. <laughs> yeah, because you've got video okay. games galore yeah, in there yeah. too. Yeah, uh, but it, it's it's like I I, I remember yeah, go, going to uh, well I I actually did not go there. A friend of mine had. Uh, the first year that Wizard had it here in Columbus, uh, a friend of mine from out of town had a booth there. And uh, was so that I, when it was at the Hilton at Easton? Uh, no, this was at the convention center. Okay, all right. Yeah, when, we, yeah, when Wizard took it over, it, you know, it was it was at the convention center. He he could not work the booth on Sunday. He had his helpers there, so uh, I offered to go down and uh, help help him with loadout. So I was wandering around the con a bit, and it's like there's an open bar there. I think it was an or not an open bar, but there was a bar there in the convention space. There were tattoo booths. There were uh, wow. oh gosh, there was I, I don't know. It was some uh, basically some place that sold sex toys. Oh God! Yeah. I think I saw some of that in New York actually. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, you see everything in New York. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well. Mark looks okay. so upset. Yeah. Mark's like, where was that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We're in the corner next to the yeah, yeah. You, you just ha you just have this uh, yeah blank uh, blank look on your face, Mark. Yeah, I wasn't. I never saw that. I'm so excited and so happy to be there. I just um, you know, I didn't see that. I hate. Well, to that's, that well that, that's because that's because you're a nerd, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you're, well, you're you're, you're going for those comics. That's true. I you know I, I do. I have my list ready. Uh, you know, and yeah, you you got you got your blinders on. I I do. That is so true. I'm, <laughs> I'm the guys will tell you it was so hard for me to go to Seattle by myself because I just have you know the three of us. You know, I I said before I went to you know six hours are better than two. Uh -huh. yep. When we're yep. going, you know what I mean? Because we help each other check off our list, you know, what issues we're looking for. So, yeah, yeah. I have to, I'm total I have total tunnel vision when I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, um, staying with the cons, do you have <laughs> do you have a favorite memory like on a personal level or even as a vendor, like somebody you met or, you know, something that you got? Is there any kind of a special con memory that you that you would like to share? Uh uh, one of the uh, mid Ohio cons, you know, saw Stan Lee in person. I, I've seen I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of celebrities in person there. Uh, you know, in the, well, the the Wizard Con, I I, I told you about. I, I walked past Norman Reedus, uh, nice. carrying a Hello Kitty pillow with him <laughs> through the hallway. And it's like, okay, that was just kind of an odd, odd thing <laughs> in the context of the character he plays on. Walking. Right, right. Um, but uh, oh, Adam West. Yeah, ah. so we were there that year at, at one of the old Mid Ohio cons. Adam West, Frank yeah, Gorshin was there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down, down it was uh, down at the Adams Mark downtown in Columbus. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah uh, during setup, Adam West just walking around. You know, it was a, or the Sunday morning setup, and Adam West walks through there. Morning, fellas. Man. <laughs> <It's> like, Hi. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Uh, West. 
Yeah. Hello, Mr. West. Oh, um, up in Northeast Ohio, actually, um, uh, the Akron Comic Con. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, uh, dur during setup, I, I was, you know, going back and forth between my vehicle and the booth, you know, toting stuff around. And uh, I, I walked past his booth, uh, Red Brown, who played Captain America on television back in the 70s. He just nice. uh, he just called out to me, said, hey, hi, how are you doing? I'm Red. It's like Captain America. You know, that's <laughs> the Captain America I knew what, seeing on television when uh, I was. Oh, gosh, I was 16, I think, when those TV movies were on. And it was really cool. He, he is a really, really nice guy. Um, yeah, dude. So, yeah. He, and he, he just, you know, I was I was busy with my setup. And, you know, I, I, I kind of saw him there. And he was busy with his setup. But he saw me and he just calls out to me and says, hey, hi, how you doing? So that's that awesome. was pretty cool. So let's shift back to uh, kind of modern times here. So obviously as this will be a good. Someone, someone who sells the books, someone who has a passion for the books lifelong. What would you say is your take on the current state of comics right now? So that could be the mainstream stuff as well as the independent uh, stuff. Um, I, I, th I, th I think just in general, it, it's it, it's very, it can be very tough to sell comics when you have someone coming in and you know, it's like. I'm looking for comics for my kid. It's like, well, it, it's it's kind of difficult to do because uh, for the past several years now, just the landscape of comics has changed so much to where it's not like it was when I was a kid or when you guys were kids. Even I mean, you, I got I got a few years on you, I'll admit, <laughs> but it's like back at that time, you know, anyone could pick up a comic, just about any comic, and read it. Yep. Anymore, the comics are the creators are creating their comics toward their peer groups. It's the, mm. the readership is very segmented. Okay, and um, it's it's really really kind of kind of tough to to know what to sell to who sometimes. Okay, because uh, and I was actually having this conversation with someone uh, a couple of days ago, where a lot of the companies will put the ratings on the comics. And uh, I, I, I am by no means advocating censorship in any form, but those ratings, not, not everyone uses a rating system. And the ratings don't mean the same thing, even if it's a similar rating, it doesn't mean the same thing to one company as what it does to another company. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's it's a, it's kind of kind of tough to sort out. Uh, I, I I think I mean comics are a healthy business right now, but it, it's it's uh, it, it's it's a very tough thing to try and find. It can be very tough sometimes to try and find the right thing for someone that's appropriate. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Can yeah. you think of a and I mean just just spitball and can you think of when you because I've never heard that before and I'm fascinated by when you say the the creators are kind of catering to their peer group. Can you think of a couple of examples of where you think that's happening? Uh, and everywhere. if you don't want to call out anybody <laughs> specifically, you don't have to. Well, um, oh, that's that's a tough one. Way to put him on the spot, Rob. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 well, it's just like every week, uh, you know, a new book comes in and it's like, okay, I have to look through this because I can't tell if I should. Recommend uh, it or not. Uh, I'm sorry, say again? recommended or not right yeah if I, well it's not that i can't recommend it it's that who can i recommend it to yeah okay um you know it, it's it's like okay you know i i my my shop is you know there's a neighborhood right behind my shop and so i, I get people bringing their kids in okay. and it's, it's like well can 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 they read this 
is it appropriate for them? I guess let me okay. let me phrase it this way because okay. again, I'm I'm just interested because okay. I think you have a very unique perspective. Is there um, a certain age demographic that you think is being cut out of current comics? Kids, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, and it's 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 not that they're. I wouldn't say that they're being cut out. But they they don't have. There's not a real starting point for them to get in right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and you know we we try to do that because uh, uh, because yeah there are comics out there for all ages readers, but it just seems like it's kind of dumbed down. Yeah. yeah. Because you know again going back to when I was a kid anybody could pick up a comic and read it and it was it was it was all written the same. You know, uh, but I, w- I won't say it, it's that it's, uh, you know, the, the comics they have for kids. I, w- I won't say that they're that they're for babies, but it just seems like they're they are very, very toned down. Yeah. yeah. To where it, it, it you know, it's not, uh, at a, at a, you know, I'm speaking as, a, as someone who's almost 60 years old. It, it's, it's not anything that necessarily engages me. Right. But I, I guess I can't, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to sit with a kid and read this book and get the same same level of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, right. That's fair. Yeah. So you said that, you know, comics right now are a very healthy business. What yeah. made you want to start your own comic book store after, you know, because I knew you originally from working right. at Comic Connection. What made you want to start your own store? Uh, well, I, I was working for the library system at at the time and you know I, as i said i was doing this uh just a, as a side business mainly and uh yeah so this this is almost 11 years ago when i opened up the store i guess i guess midlife crisis like i said earlier <laughs> uh it was i i just decided you know it's it's something i i've always wanted to do and and i'll, I'll tell you one thing that uh, inspired me and you know you were, earlier we were talking about uh great writers j michael straczynski he did a okay. run on Thor, uh, a Thor comic, probably been about maybe 15 years ago or so now that uh, he did that run. It was the, the premise of the book, and, and this is kind of the long way around for uh, where I'm going with this. Uh, the premise of the, of the book is uh, that Asgard has reappeared. Thor has brought Asgard to Earth, floating 10 feet above the ground on the outskirts of Broxton, Oklahoma. <laughs> and it was so so much fun to read this book. So yeah, I, I'm I'm glad we this came up because that is another so another hard. one of books that I that I really enjoyed. But it's you know there's all this interaction with uh, between the the townspeople of this small town and the Asgardians. Okay. Um. And Straczynski made Volstag my, one of my favorite characters in that book. Uh. So I uh, check that out by all means. Uh, but there was uh, one character. He was uh, a fry cook at the local diner. His name was Bill, and uh, he had fallen in love with one of the Asgardians, uh, this beautiful goddess named Kelda. Okay, uh, they they'd fallen in love with each other. And this particular passage, one of the other residents at the diner is he's telling Bill, "Well, I went well, I went to Vegas one time, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But at least uh, in Vegas, every once in a while, guys like you and me, we win. But you know, he's saying, you know, that's not going to happen for you in Asgard. He's he's just downplaying." this uh, relationship between Bill and Kelda. And uh, someone uh, someone else in the diner spoke up and talked about, uh, and this is something that uh, I, I think it was 
something that Straczynski, a belief he held of himself, called the tyranny of reasonable voices. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Where uh, regret is a killer. Mm. You do not want to go through your life not doing something you've always wanted to do and get too old, get to the point where you're too old to actually go and do it. So, you know, uh, so th- this this all hit me at the perfect time. I said, I'm going to open up my comic book shop. And if, if it falls through, well, so be it. Because uh, you know, also the thing about the tyranny of reasonable voices is, in this uh, explanation they gave is that, you know, life will take care of itself. Okay. So uh, I decided if, if uh, you know, t- taking all that in consideration, I'm going to I'm going to open my store. And if it falls through, I'm just going to go go across the street and pump gas at Speedway. <laughs> so, uh, but so I, I decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do it. And I did it. And, uh, you know, I, ha- I haven't had to go into Speedway to fill out the application yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, 11 years. So yeah. a lot of stuff has changed in your oh, yeah. business in 11 oh, yeah. years. Let's, let's turn it to uh, COVID district and distribution impacts. And, um, Let's talk a little bit about that. How's that changed, and what is it currently like in your current climate? I guess. Well, uh, as as far as COVID, uh, you know, we, we of course shut down for a few weeks, just like everybody else, and uh, we uh, we we managed uh, to stay afloat. I I was doing uh, online auctions on Facebook, uh, and uh, my I manager did Keith, a couple of those. Uh, okay, my manager Keith. He, uh, he is a self-professed Luddite, and he, he, is, uh, he said it, it, he'll tell you it, it took a pandemic for him to learn how to use a computer. He just <laughs> dove, dove right into it, and uh, you know, he you know, uh, started selling things on eBay. So we did uh, well enough to where you know, we didn't have to uh, do any of the uh, loans or grants or any, any of that stuff, uh, yeah, which is good because I hate paperwork. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, we we sailed through it just fine uh, as far as the closure. Um, Did you find that a lot of new people came in your store during that because they needed something to do? And maybe they were trying that whole thing like, oh, my kids are home. I'm going to give them something that I used to do when I was a kid. And let's go to the college um, well, I, I, I tell you, it was uh, it, it's it's kind of kind of interesting. But, yeah, that, that did uh, that did happen uh, where, uh, yeah, we're. Okay, they they need something to do, so you know, let's give them some comics. You know, uh, like I say, I was I was doing the uh, Facebook auctions at that time, and uh, a lot of people. I mean, I had a lot of people taking part in it, and someone commented, "Yeah, it's it because they were shut up, shut secluded stuck at also. home too. Yep, they were they were stuck at home, and it gave them something to do. You know, a lot of a lot of people were just really getting off on the action of, of that." What, what was the next part of that question? I'm sorry. Distribution. So, you know, oh. the whole diamond thing came through during COVID. Sweet baby also. Jesus on a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was oh. going to hit a nerve on that one. <laughs> you hit a bundle of nerves, man. Uh, well, I guess, is it even more complicated to run your business now because of the different distributors? And I guess, uh, I guess let's, let's say this. Were you a fan of the monopoly that diamond had and or are you totally hating what's going on now or are you a fan of it well i wasn't i was not a fan of the monopoly yeah um even though even though legally it was not a monopoly apparently right. uh, when the, when that whole thing with diamond went to court the, it was de- 
decided it was not a monopoly. And when I had heard that, uh, you know, when, when DC said they were going to see about getting books into the stores through other channels during the shutdown, mm-hmm. that wasn't really a great idea. But I was kind of hopeful that, well, because I, I remember when the their exclusive distribution with Diamond came about, uh, you know, it was, there was an expiration date to that uh, exclusivity agreement. And, uh, and I, th- I think just like all the exclusivity agreements that were around, but no one else wanted to distribute comics. Um, I, I was hopeful that, well, maybe someone else is going to get into the distribution game yeah. and uh, we would actually have a choice between distributors because every, like every single retailer, in in this business, uh, there there have been issues with Diamond in terms of uh, you know, getting undamaged product, uh, billing, fulfillment. There there were there's just a lot of problems. I mean, li- little did any of us realize though that instead of one monopoly, we've now got essentially three monopolies. Yeah, they uh, they sent out an. I remember they sent out the announcement. DC did that uh, said we are going to go with two other distributors, Lunar and UCS. The big problem there uh, is that They're basically Lunar and UCS... <laughs> I'm sorry? They're basically your competition, though, exactly. right? Exactly. Lunar and UCS, they, are, they were fronts for two of the largest online discounters. Yep. You guys as customers can go get discounts from those guys, but mm. I, can't, I can't give you that same discount because... I don't, I don't have, you know, my, my, my company is not that big. Right. And uh, so, and I've got to pay for the shipping where, you know, they're, they, they're basically getting it wholesale. It just seemed kind of funny that, um, you know, they were distributing the DC comics product when they did, when, you know, how did they get a hold of it when all of this stuff was supposed to be going to the diamond yeah, and then all of a sudden they're sending this stuff out that you know that my order sports waiting in the diamond warehouse. Yeah, uh, and then uh, and they're they were distributing this in the middle of a pandemic to begin with. You know, right when everything was closed down. Yeah. Um, then uh, a couple of months later, they pulled out of diamond completely. DC did, uh, and I think the straw that broke the camel's back there is that in the traditional book market and the big box stores like Barnes and Noble and what have you, uh, release day is on Tuesday, and mm-hmm. DC went to Diamond and said, "We want you to, if you want to distribute our books, uh, we want them out in the stores on Tuesday." And Diamond said, "Well, unless all the retailers and the rest of the publishers agree to this." To doing yeah. it on Tuesday, it's not going to happen. And sure enough, everybody said, "Nope, Wednesday." Yeah. So DC pulled out, and now they are they're distributing through those two distributors, and one of them didn't last very long. UCS, which was the the front for uh, Midtown Comics, yeah, uh, they they pulled out of it a few months later, and so now we are just down to Lunar, which is ironically enough uh, the name of the. Uh, company that that is the front for is dcbs yep dcbs <laughs> so Very so now yeah now now on, on the positive to this uh is that with uh lunar the the dc comics i get from them my damages are few and far between 
Okay. Almost non-existent uh, because they're, they do a superlative job of packing the product and shipping the product. Diamond still is doing better, but they still got a long way to go. Right. Uh, and then come along last year, uh, Marvel says, well, we're going to start distributing through Penguin Random House. And they gave us like six months notice on this. And now um, they said you can still get your Marvel comics through Diamond, but at a lesser discount. Mm, like you're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you, I switched back to Diamond from uh, Random House because uh, the very beginning of that, as you probably read about, was just an absolute shit show. Yeah, so the discount was definitely not even worth it, was it? <laughs> uh, no, because uh, I mean, just the, because the, apparently they were, you know, Random House was going around. They were talking to retailers about, you know, the packaging and shipping and the ordering, uh, and especially the packing and shipping. Mm -hmm. And those first two weeks, they sent things out in these small boxes that exactly fit the comic with no oh protection God. on the outside. So, you know, this stuff gets kicked around by like a football in transit. And so it's like, you know, massive damages. And not just for me, every single retailer had yeah. you know, had so much damaged product and it's, uh, you, you you can't you can't go that way and uh it's it just made things more complicated even, even with with you know that aside it made things more complicated with uh uh fulfilling our subscriptions for our customers because you know we're trying to juggle lists between three different distributors three different distributors to uh fulfill our subscriptions and it, it it was just a very time consuming process so after about a month i said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take the hit with the discount i'm switching back to diamond because it did simplify matters a lot yeah uh just you know even though we, we still have to get our dc books from uh lunar it, it's it's a lot easier uh, yeah, and Random House just doesn't really seem to have a clue on comics distribution. Right. You, even these many months into this now, um, they they have gotten better about the packing, but uh, it, it's there's a lot of waste going on with that company too because you can get uh, you you can get this big box you know bubble wrapped and you know uh, you know they're they're doing doing better with their packing. I will say that, but. They seem like they're going overboard. It's like, uh, you know, we got a box the other day that uh, that uh, was just full of bubble wrap and then this little Gemini mailer inside. And inside this Gemini mailer were promo posters. <laughs> they put all that protection in for mm -hmm. promo posters. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. That actually surprises me. I mean, they're, they're a substantial publisher and you would think, you know, paperback world, you know, you know, hardback world, you would think that they would. That's what they that. know. That's exactly. what they know. Paperbacks and hardcovers. They yeah. don't. They've never done periodicals before. Yeah, they've yep. never done periodicals. Well, That's you said your your. I was gonna say your store. I love your store. I always make sure to visit oh, whenever I'm you. in town. Yeah, you know, and you have been. It's been open successfully for eleven years now. What makes your store stand out from other comic stores in Columbus? Because I have an opinion about certain other stores in Columbus for sure, but yours is. <laughs> Always clean and healthy, has a healthy supply. I of think everything. it's. I think it's good to say that this is like world's greatest number three, right? This is the third 
generation yeah, store, but, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. World's greatest comics, Mark Three. Uh, we we started out <laughs> uh, started out back in uh, a, a small uh, space that was about six hundred square feet. We've always always been in the same shopping center. Yep. Uh, there for about two and a half years, then moved into a slightly larger space, about 1,200 square feet uh, elsewhere in the plaza. And even after about two or three days, I said, yeah, I need a bigger space. But we were there for about six years. And then uh, this opportunity opened up for the space we're in. And we got moved in there in October 2019. And uh, I, I really hope I never have to move again because that's a killer. <laughs> having, having to move all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very happy with the the space we have now, uh, but I I think uh, going back to Mark's question, what makes this what makes our store unique is the fact that we focus on comics. Uh, I mean we we've got uh, forty thousand back issues, wow. which is, uh, is uh, forty thousand plus, which is probably the largest amount yeah, nobody's in touching that. area. Yeah, uh, and it's it's you know it, it's what I felt was missing from the area. Um, yeah, outside, outside of one one other store uh, that you know, we're, we're friendly with, Capital City Comics. I'll give them a plug. They they do back issues out there, but uh, even even I I I I've been I wanted to do it to an even greater extent because I always felt that you know it's a comic store. Yep. We're not doing Magic the Gathering. We're not really we're not really doing a lot of you know. We'll do Funko Pops, but only on special order. And we we've got you know we've got some action figures and a few other things there because I think just comics would be boring. But I just just I think there's a solid blend. I think you blend it well. Yeah, very well. Yeah, thank you. I, I you know try try to do that, but it just I just wanted the focus to be on comics because I've seen stores in other cities, um, you know. People I know who have stores where they they're doing what I'm doing, and it was missing from this area. Yeah. So I, I I wanted it to be a comic store. I didn't want it to be a comic store where you walk in, hey, here's the latest, you know, Magic the Gathering, or you know, uh, you, you even look at uh, Facebook pages for some of those stores, and it's like you know, they're 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 talking about uh, you know we we got we got Friday Night Magic going on, and we're selling <laughs> the new booster decks, and so. <laughs> Yeah. What's interesting you sell, is you don't sell any cards, do you? <laughs> no, no. And uh, and pe people have actually asked me about uh, doing that in there. It's like I, I don't really have the time nor inclination to learn it. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. I, I, because I know comics. Right. It's also very well organized, your store. Yeah, the way you well, separated Marvel and DC, that's really, that was very helpful. Well, it, it's... Uh, my fellow nerd built this store. I love you. <laughs> I what's built, interesting? My on, built my business on the back of nerds. That's right. Jeff, what's interesting is when I when I went into your store for the first time, it reminded me of what most of the comic book stores in Columbus looked like in you know the early nineties, mid nineties. Yeah, because I mean, like that's I even some of the uh, obviously my first real exposure was Comic Town on Morris Road, uh -huh. like back in their original location before they got the video pursuit location mm -hmm. it was pretty much all back issues and they had a magic table shoved in the back and then it completely shifted away from that and i just remember kind of i would say like early 2000s mid 2000s like it became the the back issues are just non-existent which really kind of sucks well and what they do have is like completely disorganized the comics are backwards they don't have title dividers like what 
They're not uh, okay. well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's that that can be a tough thing to do. I you know, it, uh, so I I. I I can't really speak speak to uh, how how it goes for any other store. Really, it's a very tough thing to do to to keep it organized. Even we have trouble with it because someone will pick up, uh, you know, oh, hey, oh yeah, and just some throw it back Green in. Lantern comics and walk around. You know, I really don't want these after all, and put them in with Daredevil. Ugh. Yeah, so. Give me the names and addresses of those people, and I will go to their <laughs> houses and mess up their stuff. Well, let's let's. That's a great segue, actually. Right, because I really want to know this because I, I already know that like shipping and damages and stuff right. um, can be a big problem. If you're willing to share this stuff, okay. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve as the the owner of this business? Is it delinquent customers moving a lot of inventory, deliveries? Uh, do you even have people haggling about prices? Go. Yes, to all of it. <laughs> uh, no, uh, my, my, the customer base. Uh, you know, the, the vast majority of the customers are great, but uh, I, I do have to chase people down every month to remind them, hey, come in, pick up your stuff. You've ordered the stuff. Uh, and so I, I need you to come and pick it up. But, you know, there, there's there's that there is you know, there are people who come in. They, they want they want a deal and they want a deal on the big hot books. It's like, well, right. You're not the only person who's wanting to buy this book. And uh, you know we we do we do discount books in there off the top, and it's like you want a discount. There's your discount right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I that uh, a lot of and there are occasionally haven't had it happen for a while. There are people who come in and say, "Well, can you price match Amazon?" Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and and I actually had one lady one time come in who uh, was going on and on and on about how evil a company Walmart is, and she likes to support small business. And then she asked me if I had price match Amazon. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> oh, my what God. What reality are you in? Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like, are you listening to yourself? God, you're a walking contradiction. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's, I, I don't know. you got to look at it for its entertainment value, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, there are... And I, I, I think it's goes to a uh, goes to a lot of people who do what we call the turn and burn, where uh, they'll go out buy collections, pick up the keys, and then just dump the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's, unfortunately, some people have this entitlement mentality to think, well, I'm coming in, I'm spending twenty dollars in your store. You need to give me a deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't need to give you a deal. Because I'm I'm here. I've I've got you know. I give you deals on things that I I can give you deals on. But you know, if you if you, if you want, a, you know, I've got a CGC nine point eight Ultimate Fallout number four, first appearance of Miles Morales. A lot of people are looking for that book. I don't need to give you a deal on that one. Right. Yeah. You, Dude, you, I want a deal when I'm at the gas pumps right now. Yeah. Like, nobody's yeah. nobody's willing so, to haggle so on that. So would I, you know, uh, you know, I gas is, I paid three thirty nine a gallon for gas the other day. I'd, I'd like to get it for cheaper, but you know, I got to pay that price. So I love that about your store. Cause when Rich and I ran, I think I bought like maybe 17 or so books and I, all the books that I bought were, had red and green stickers on it. Right. So they were all discounted. So I yeah. really appreciated that. So yeah, right. that's great. That's about your deal. Store. Yeah. That is your yeah. deal. Yeah, that that's that's your deal. I mean, it, uh, it's it, and the reason reason I do that is because it's you know there, there's something some things that you know we, we've got a lot of 
So it's it's like I, I I'd, I'd rather I'd rather sell it for three dollars now uh, that you know something I've got like twenty or thirty copies. I would rather you know go ahead and sell it for three dollars. Let's you know move move the product rather than try and get six dollars out of it and let it sit right. there before someone yeah. finally buys it. Yeah. Where if it's uh, a more more unique to the stock, and it's like well. You know, I've only got a couple of these. It's like, and I don't really see more of them coming through the door right away. It's like, well, yeah. here it is. So, you know, someone will buy I it. will say this about you that because I do watch your, uh, I have Mondays and Tuesdays off. So I usually go to bed preparing to get up at 3.30 in the morning on Wednesday. And I watch your Facebook new release videos like mm-hmm. religiously. And I will say that I think you just just the side notes that you make you care about getting the stories out to people and you will not allow like speculators spectators all no. these people to come in and buy up something that they've read they don't even collect they just want to flip and get a uh, you know a quick buck right 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 and i think and that it's... you're 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 right on man and i think that uh, you're like at limit and oh these will be behind the counter and i just think that i don't know th- there's something to that that your customers should be happy to do business with you if you want to make well, sure that somebody's not going to come steal everything basically. well and and and, they, and you know they are because you know if i've got 10 copies of, of something on the shelf that has uh you know popped on the internet for whatever reason it's like yeah. well i i i would i would rather have the one guy who can't buy the 10 copies walk away from me yeah uh that then have him happy and nine other people miserable uh, miserable because they couldn't get the copy have you had have you had a lot of interaction with people like that uh well i'm sure they know they can't go and do that in your store at this point but yeah at at this point yeah uh haven't really happened yeah haven't really have had it happen lately uh but uh yeah there there were times when you know someone would try and come up and grab two or three copies it's like well I'll, I'll let you have one because it just came out today and it's like, Oh, well, I want, but no, you can have one. Yeah. Pick your cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Uh, What's some of the titles that that's happened recently on? Oh, well, like I say, not, not nothing recently. I, I think I, I've pretty much have it ingrained in, <laughs> in, uh, in people that I like to think I do anyway, that, yeah, you you can go ahead and you can pre-order a hundred copies or a thousand right. copies of something as long as you pre-order it. Yeah. But if you're coming in the the day of release just because it popped on Key Collector or whatever, it's like, well, you're you're going to get one. I'll let you have one. Yep. Um. Yeah. Because you know I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to guess how many that uh, I I have to order to have on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I miss the mark. Sometimes I go all the way, you know, sometimes I'll have a big stack of stuff left over. Cause I think, Oh, this, this might be a good seller. And it's like, well, here's 50 copies of this. Can you uh, share uh, this? Like, do you have like your worst <laughs> mistake ever? <laughs> oh, let's see. <laughs> Sorry. Like, damn, this book sucks. <laughs> um, I, I would I would have to say probably it's just because of mainly because of the price point uh, all these ten dollar books that Marvel cranks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I I still have uh, you know several several of those left over. Uh, I didn't realize that the Batman Catwoman special was ten dollars until I bought it. I was like, oh shit! It, it originally wasn't supposed to be that. It was supposed to yeah. be a five ninety nine book, and then uh, 
John Paul Leon, he was dealing with his health issues. And so they kind of turned it into a tribute book for him. And yeah, uh, that, that. that gave, that gave AT&T a chance to uh, pad their bottom line and raise it to 10 bucks. Yep. We'll sell it for two times. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I, I, I would have to say probably uh, Marvel legacy. I think that's what it was the, when they got rid of Marvel now and, you know, they had the lineup of characters that was virtually unrecognizable. And so then they decided to go ahead and, well, Steve Rogers is Captain America again and not a Nazi. Tony Stark is Iron Man again and not a 17-year-old girl in a reverse-engineered suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thor is Thor again and not Jane Foster. Not that those weren't good stories, but it's like this is how they're presenting their character line. and. Right. Like, okay, they're 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 letting people have their cake and eat it too by having you know the those characters like you know Ironheart and you know Jane Foster and Sam Wilson, but you know we've also got you know Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, and Thor Odin's son back, and so everybody everybody gets to play in the in the sandbox, <laughs> play in the sandbox. Yeah. So on that note, let's shift again. What are some of your favorite comic movies? Oh gosh favorite ones um well my, my wife and i are actually right now we're going through the uh the uh all the marvel movies uh, okay just, is she enjoying like, them uh she is um but it it, it i think i think where she's not uh, she's not as, as steeped in this as i am it, it's kind of confusing for her because uh Okay, like we were we were watching Black Panther, and I, I she she was she was thinking, oh, is that the same actor that played Black Panther in Captain America: Civil War? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's him. <laughs> so yeah, and, but you know she she's she's doing her best to to catch on, and she's 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 picking up on it. Good. So, yeah. So all the Marvel movies. Uh, yeah, the, the Marvel movies, uh, Christopher Reeves' first Superman movie, uh, and actually the the uh, the Donner cut of Superman yeah. 2 as well. Uh, yeah. I, I found a copy of that on DVD a few years back, and it's like almost a completely different movie, and it's so much better. Yes, it is. Um, well, uh, let, let's see. The, the, the current slate of DC movies, yeah. uh, I, I haven't seen Wonder Woman, any, any, either of the Wonder Woman movies yet. Which, I'll uh, just see the original one, just yeah, yeah, the, 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 WW84. Just see yeah, the yeah, that I, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the first Wonder Woman movie, I, I do want to see that. I think she was probably actually the best part of the the uh, Batman versus Superman movie. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually watched WW84 on Christmas last year, oh. and then we were, I was like, no, I have to watch the original. That was a dumpster fire. I need I need that that just to get the taste out of your mouth. Right. Yeah. Well, here's what I'll recommend: watch the original and then just watch the preview to WW84 because the preview I think was great, and then the rest of it was shit. Okay. <laughs> You didn't get to see a live action cheetah. That was the only good thing about it. That was it. Was yeah. it? Was it? Uh... What are you some of most hated or <laughs> yes <laughs> movies or movies that you did not like? Oh gosh, uh... Superman four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I believe it or not, I've never seen Superman four. I, I think I, um, don't see what what was the uh, the the it was Batman Batman Returns uh, Batman for everyone. Batman, okay, Batman and Robin. I uh, <laughs> I I I, pay, I I paid four bucks at a matinee and I 
uh, to see that, and I felt like I paid six dollars too much. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> the thing with Schumacher, though, like he's a good, he was a good movie director, but it's like that movie was 30 years too late. Like, come yeah, on, like exactly. we're not in the 60s anymore. Like, exactly. And that, that's why, that's why he, 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 I think he was trying to trying to do that just because that's the way the TV show was. Right. Even George Clooney, like, I'm really sorry that I contributed to the downfall of the Batman franchise. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, he still apologizes. I know he is. As he like, should. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm sorry for the bat nipples. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I, I have to say, I was so so greatly disappointed at Eternals. I, I, I were you? Yes, it, it went far and away from what Jack Kirby did. Um. Uh, where okay, okay, the Eternals are robots, really. Um. Uh Icarus is the bad guy? Mm. No. <laughs> no. Keep going, Jeff. Keep going. No. The uh well, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I there were good parts about it, but uh I mean they're they're not really up there with my favorites either. Uh I thought Heath Ledger did a great job as the yep. Joker, but I did not like the fact they made him a guy with smeared on makeup. Mm. Yeah. Um and then, then there, there were some I just Really refused to see, uh, just from you know looking at the trailers, Catwoman. Uh, <laughs> uh, I caught part of the the Electra movie uh, yeah. that they made after Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie. The, the Electra, it's it's like okay, she's having a pillow fight. <laughs> on a, 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 she's having a sleepover in a pillow fight. You know, this deadly assassin having a sleepover in a pillow fight. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the first Suicide Squad movie. Fuck yeah! Um, Did you see the new one with Starro? Uh, no, but I, I I I have to see that. But oh, I'll, I'll tell you why I have to see it is because I'm a big fan of the band Kansas, and they use Point of No Return in that movie. So I got to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's all that's on my list because uh, you know in the Kansas fan groups, you know people say, oh, they use Point of No Return. So okay, I, I got to watch that one. Um, uh, I I think those are probably amongst my most reviled. <laughs> Good list. Fair enough. It's always Catwoman. Catwoman is always on the list. Yeah, Catwoman's yeah. always on the list. Yeah. So okay. So, bad. what is uh, you've had to have seen a lot of stuff over the years, but what is the most valuable comic item? Doesn't necessarily have to be comic that you ever held in your hand as a comic shop owner. Oh well, let's see. That I actually owned or actually held doesn't matter. You've okay. you it was in well, your presence. Well, uh, <laughs> that that I actually had my hands on was an Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Nice. Yeah, uh, had had a gentleman who uh, oh this was probably about five years ago now brought in this box of comics. Uh, didn't know what he had. Uh, yeah, he said he didn't know what he had. He says oh, he do, he does estate sales, and he's doing this for. Uh, friends of his and he you know wanted to you know wanted to know about him so i'm going through and it's like big, this big box big cardboard box about 400 comics in there jeez and uh i'd say probably about 300 of them didn't have covers oh no uh, you know like old you know 
er, late 50s, early 60s stuff. And so I'm coming across things like uh, ones with covers. There was uh, Amazing Spider-Man 8, uh, Fantastic Four number 6, I think it was. Tales to Astonish 27, which was uh, the first Henry Pym, Ant-Man, before he wore a costume. A couple of early Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan Green Lanterns. And then yeah, there it is, Amazing Fantasy 15. And I, I said, okay, well, you got this right here. And uh, I, I, I bought some of the books from him, and uh, I, I made him an offer on the Amazing Fantasy 15. And he says, well, you know, that sounds sounds like a good offer, but I think I'm going to keep this because it's the first Spider-Man. And you didn't know that until I told you that. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that until I told you that. What uh, so, what do you what do you think the grade was on it? Uh probably would have been a like a 4.0 it's not bad for that old yeah yeah so uh yeah that that one kind of slipped through my fingers Mm. but only because i said well this this is a you know this is your book right here a four in that one that's usually like what sixteen thousand dollars or whatever well you know keep keep in mind this was about five years ago and the the value on this stuff has drastically changed yeah i mean a lot of this stuff the the market values have have really popped up in the last couple couple of years year and a half two years so what do you think rich probably so what so is this this is like 2018 2017 uh yeah, yeah 20 2017 yeah i'm four. thinking in terms of what the book is worth not what you offered for it <laughs> well yeah you gotta make a you gotta make a a penny uh but i i've i've had you know a number of good books in there i've had uh you have a lot of good books man you have yeah well, yeah, keys. yeah but yeah that's uh that that's probably the 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 big book that i i've actually held in my hands you know mm. They had an X-Men number one in there recently. Someone got, um, yeah, we, we've had a, a number of si- significant books in there. One right here I'm holding in my hand. Uh, this is one that uh, I just recently picked up. Nine four. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Adventure Comics number 95. Uh, now this this is something, uh, and uh, I know this is, this is an audio podcast, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. The folks at home can't see this, but I, I actually learned about this, um, this collection called the promise collection. Uh, these, uh, two brothers back in, uh, I think it was the early, like 1951. Uh, they were drafted and went to war in, uh, in Korea. Okay. And the one brother had amassed this collection of 5,000 comics. Nice. Yeah. Just bought off the newsstand. And uh, he asked his brother, he said, told his brother, if anything happens to me, I want you to promise me you'll keep, you'll, you'll take care of my collection. Well, sad to say the, the brother was killed in action and the one brother was killed in action. And so the other brother kept his promise. That's why it's called the promise collection. It received a, a pedigree wow. of the, the high grades of the comics. Wow. Sweet. So, and uh, I heard about that and I said, you know, I got to get one of those books. Hell yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that, that's uh, one, one book that I'm, I'm really happy to have a hold of. That's and pretty I, sweet. And there's really nothing significant about the book itself. It's just, you know, part of the collection, part of that, part of that history. Yeah, that's yeah. sweet. So yeah. is there is there like a personal holy grail that you have been on the hunt for that you finally obtained? No, no. Wow. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm I'm a reader first. So, you know, and I, I do I do have a full run of Avengers for example, up to the point where I actually stopped collecting. Mm, okay. uh, but my Avengers, uh, my, my full run of Avengers 
a lot of those early issues consist of reprints. Like when they did the reprints in Marvel Triple Action and Marvel Super Action. Yeah. Um, Avengers number one, I actually found uh, it was um, Avengers number one was, uh, was first reprinted in Marvel Tales number two. Okay. And someone had taken this book apart and like there was the whole Avengers story right there. And I paid a nickel for it in a comic shop back in the eighties. So it's like, Okay, here's my Avengers number one. Yeah. Uh, my, my Fantastic Four, my first six issues of Fantastic Four is in a, a little paperback book that was uh, printed back in 1978. I got it for Christmas one year. So there's my Fantastic Four one through six. There you go. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a reader first. So I, I don't really, uh, I, I kind of feel like I, I've got everything that uh, I I want in my collection. I don't really, I don't, I don't really keep anything for myself as a business owner in this business. I can't keep anything. I come across some cool stuff mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I've had, uh, well, a couple of X-Men ones, Avengers one, Journey into Mystery 83, Tales of Suspense 39, Tales to Astonish 27, uh, you know, Fantastic Four number one. But, uh, you know, I, you cannot be a collector. In, That's in a really good point. I was I was thinking just now as you yeah. were saying that, yeah, the being the reader first has probably served your business very well. Because I was just thinking, so I'm a a mental health clinician, so I was just thinking it popped in my head. I'm like, it would be like awful for your business if you were like a hoarder and like a very like because right. everything would have sentimental value and you wouldn't sell it right. or you'd be just taking things that you should be selling. And so I think it's good that you're a reader yeah. first. Now, now, well, now there there are there are people that I know who are lucky enough to be able to do that. Sure. But there are also there's also what one's store I'm aware of who the guy who ran it kind of treated like, you know, it was his way to fill his personal collection. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I know someone told me about uh, this guy having a Hulk 181 at one time. And uh, it's like this guy was always complaining about his uh, bills, you know, bill, bill collectors hounding him. And, you know, he can't pay his bills and all this. And he had a Hulk 181. It's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm keeping that. <laughs> that so, would get you caught up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, well, lo and behold, this guy closed his doors about Four years ago, five years ago. Uh, so yeah, you you cannot you cannot be easily, I should say, you cannot easily be a collector. Yeah, and and uh, run this kind of business at the same time because you 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 want to keep all the shinies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so kind of our last one. So and I know you kind of you answered this a little bit with some of the challenges with kind of the current like trend within comics, but you know if somebody truly new to comics comes in the store. You know, what might be a superhero and independent and maybe a classic book that you might point towards as kind of a good anchor? Okay. Um, as, as far as an ongoing superhero, I can't really f- think of anything off the top of my head that I would recommend. But there, uh, one story I, that I just finished up was Fantastic Four Life Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, uh, you know, the final issue of that came out this past week, which I just enjoyed tremendously. And, uh, you, even along with that uh, Spider-Man life story, even though it's not in the same universe as such, it, it is out of continuity, kind of being a what-if kind of story. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man life story, again, Chip Zdarsky on that one. That was just a tremendous story. Uh, independent, uh, yeah, I, w- I would have to say just uh, well, uh, God of Tremors, that with that one shot. You still have that? Uh, sold out of it, but I'm, I'm going to order some more of those in. I'm gonna um, probably take your recommendation on that one. But. Yeah, yeah that 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 was that was just 
terrific. Aftershock, they are really killing it with a lot of their stuff, and that was uh, one of my one of my absolute favorite stories. Awesome. It's Peter Milligan. Is that who that is? Peter Milligan. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Um, yeah, that that was a tremendous story. Classic. I guess it would really depend on the character. You know, someone. I, I do have someone. You know, occasionally I have people coming in. You know, wanting to. You know, they're just getting into it. They want to know about the characters. So uh, I will. You know, depending on the character, I'll, I'll steer them toward uh, Mar- Marvel. Actually, just started coming out with uh, uh, the. They call them the Mighty Marvel Masterworks. You know, they've had the um, hardcover Masterworks books. Yes. Those, yeah, those things are running about seventy-five bucks a piece now. So wow, uh, more more. Of, that's more of a kind of a library kind of thing. But uh, right. they're coming out with uh, the Mighty Marvel Masterworks, they uh, they've got about uh, eight or nine different ones they've done so far. Uh, which it's it's a smaller format. It's not. Uh, uh, I think it's like a five by seven. But uh, it's like, uh, okay, like Spider-Man Volume 1, for example, it's got Amazing Fantasy 15 and the first 10 issues of Amazing Spider-Man, full color, 16 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those those are uh, a really nice way to go. Also, uh, DC has some uh, Golden Age and Silver Age paperbacks, uh, you know, like chronological reprintings of you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Flash, Green Lantern, Justice League, you know, just getting in on the beginnings of those. So, okay, so that that was uh, a current one, or a superhero independent and a classic. Okay. Yep. Uh, one other thing I will throw in. I, I, I really love the history of the medium. And this is a book I always recommend. Uh, came out, uh, I think it was about 15 years ago, it came out, a book called The Ten Cent Plague. Okay. It was about the rise of uh, comics in the Golden Age and uh, then h- how the industry almost was destroyed in the early 1950s uh, by uh, you know, Dr. Frederick Wortham, who wrote the book Seduction of the Innocent. Right. Comic code. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was what led to the comics code. And it's just, you know, that, that it chronicles the first half of the book chronicles the rise of the comics industry and then. Uh, the second half of the book, you're getting the post-war, uh, the Red Scare, McCarthyism, and Wortham comes along with his book and says, you know, your you know, comics are turning your kids into perverts. And, uh, you know, it actually uh, ultimately led to Senate hearings on whether or not his yep. uh, claims had any foundation. And so uh, the surviving comics publishers, uh, just so they wouldn't be driven out of business, they form their self-policing agency, the Comics Code Authority, you know, to just get everybody off their back. And uh, I mean, it's it's a really, really one of, one of the best books on the history of comics I've ever read. I have to check that, check that out. Sure, yeah. I actually have had some very interesting conversations. So um, I work with a psychiatrist. He's a forensic psychiatrist, actually. We've talked a little bit about the seduction of innocent and okay. uh, kind of the uh, misuse of your credentials. Yeah. <laughs> So well, Jeff, really appreciate you coming on. Boom. Nice. That was excellent. Jeff, Perfect. I thank you so much for taking the time out and talk to us. Oh, thank you guys. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was good talking to you, sir. All right. I'll see you the next time I come back into town. All right. Looking forward to it, Mark. Thanks. Hey, take care. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Jeff. Guys. Wow. That was quite the interview there. Yeah. That's been a long time coming. I I, I know I, I know I mentioned that when we were talking to him, but like he's been on the radar for quite a while, just with his history with Mark and 
he does have a very phenomenal store i will say i mean mark is correct every time he comes in he will carve out time to go to certain places dairy queen yep donato's pizza yep and world's greatest and a laughing ogre so world's greatest is always on his his uh agenda yeah so. i will say I, I i didn't get a chance to tell him this when we had him on but i think something that is a it's kind of an all or nothing thing for me is how you engage with my children if they're with me yeah and uh jensen and i happened to go in there it was the first time i was in his newer store or his current store it's probably two or three months ago and he carried on a conversation with Jensen about Star Wars and robots for probably 10 minutes and was like dedicated to having that conversation. And I can tell that he he genuinely cared about, you know, just talking about what he what Jensen wanted to talk about. So I just really respect that. You know, it to me, it means a lot as a dad, because I think I was on the phone with you, Rich, at the time, like, all right, here's the Batman issues they have. And uh, they don't have any swamp thing right now. And. And Jensen is just like, I like this robot and I like Star Wars. And, you know, that to me, that's a special thing. Because I think, one, take the time to listen to, you know, a seven-year-old talk about what he loves and what he's interested in. You know, that's awesome. So I deeply respect him for that. It's nice to know that there's older nerds still out there doing their thing, man. He was collecting since he was three. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I definitely recommend uh, checking out his store. Uh, it is definitely the type of store that Mark loves to visit with uh, back back issues galore, and uh, his stance on it is right on, man. Back issues, back issues, back issues. Well, it was another great show, another great conversation. I look forward to the next episode. This is Mark. Likewise, don't forget to back your board. This is Rich. Thanks for listening to us yammer again. Uh, again, if you want to send us an email, Heroes Home Base at Gmail. You can also shoot us a message on Facebook, Heroes Home Base Podcast. And we would love to hear from you. Any recommendations? Um, of course, anything like a who would win segment, any ideas like that. So thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting this RMR production. Sorry, sorry, guys. There's no prize involved in this. <laughs> Jeff is a good businessman with that, a good that's, heart. That's, okay? that's right. That, that, that's right. I mean, I, I... okay. Hello, this is Jeff Patrick, and I'm not wearing pants. So, okay, that's one for the blooper reel. Okay. And I seriously said, silence your phones, and then Rob's phone goes off on the desk. Well, first of all, I I do apologize for that. What's going on, everybody? This is... Damn it. What's going on? Okay. (laughs) I'll do it. I haven't done the intro in a while. Is it okay? Can we... Because it's... I'm I'm a little bit tired. I'm not tired. I am tired, actually.